Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I'm your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And before we start the show, just want to put the well wishes out there for everyone. Been a while since we did our last show. Hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, staying smart in these in these times where it kind of seems like nothing is uh, is certain out there. Hope everyone in uh, in St. John's Nation is uh, is doing okay. Seems like it might be a little while until we get back to you know normal life. Although things are seem to be improving, but it might be a little while before uh, normal life is upon us once again. Although St. John's fans probably got a uh, a taste of normal this morning when they all woke up. A painful and terrible, terrible taste of normal with uh, the news that L.J. Figueroa has decided to transfer from the program and uh, will presumably play his final year of college eligibility somewhere else, not with the Red Storm. We all know massive blow to St. John's Figueroa. You know, you can debate whether he was going to be their best player coming back, but he was certainly going to be uh, their best scorer coming back, averaged nearly 15 points per game last season and was their leading scorer last season as well. So big loss on the court for St. John's. But when I first saw this news at around 8.30 this morning, like I said, I just, you know, woken up a couple hours ago, um, I had to do a double take. You know, we all knew that LJ was in the draft. We knew that. I think we all knew it was not 100% certain that he would be back in Queens. But I think we all kind of thought the perception was he might go pro. He might stay in the draft. He might go to the G League. You know, he might go overseas. And I think we would all have been kind of okay with that. You know, no one is going to fault a kid like LJ Figueroa, um, you know, who, who spent two years here who gave it a shot with uh, Coach Mike Anderson, who, who came back under Coach Mike Anderson. No one was going to fault LJ had he gone to the professional ranks, tried to make money. Like we said, he's, he's 22 years old already. You know, probably didn't have much of an NBA future, was was not going to get drafted this season, but could have caught on in, in the G League, sure. You know, we've seen guys, uh, St. John's, like like Sir Dominic Pointer, who have had uh, decent G League careers over the past couple of years, so could have done that, or could have turned pro and probably made a good, decent living playing overseas somewhere, playing pro. And if he did that, I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. I really don't. I don't think anyone would even be shocked by that. You know, passing up on Ray Salnav a couple weeks ago, uh, for St. John's seemed to make it, th- make it seem like LJ was going to be back this season. I think that that's how a lot of St. John's fans felt, that St. John's passing up on the Monmouth grad transfer, Ray Salnav, who was, was considering St. John's and DePaul, really, and then St. John's kind of pulled out of that race for their one open scholarship left, kind of made you th- think that LJ would be back in Queens. But if he stayed pro, I don't think anyone would have been that surprised. But him transferring to another school just makes absolutely no sense. Like, could not make any less sense for this kid. 22 years old, like we said. Has to get a waiver to play at another school next season. If he is not granted this waiver, he has to sit out next season, will be playing... The following season at his new school, the 2021-2022 season at his new school, 
and then will be in the 2022 NBA draft at 24 years old. Will be turning professional at 24 years old. Just doesn't seem to make any sense. Now, could he get a waiver? Sure. But the reasoning that we're seeing for his waiver from Zach Braziller is that he's going to use that have coaches have told him that the coronavirus could 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 get him a hardship waiver to be immediately eligible somewhere else as a reason for a transfer, which makes no sense whatsoever. Not to not to doubt Zach's reporting at all. But one, coaches are in his ear. That's tampering. You can't do that. Other coaches cannot be in LJ's ear if he's still at St. John's. One. Two, if he's preparing for the NBA draft, how is the coronavirus a hardship? For I, just, I don't understand that either. And how do you grant a waiver for someone using that as an excuse? It just makes no sense. So I don't think he would be getting a waiver for next season, which makes this move on LJ's part just absolutely outrageous. I don't understand it, and I don't know if he's making the decision. I don't know if it's someone in his ear. I don't want to speculate on that. I don't know the decision. I don't know you know, what what goes on behind closed doors with LJ Figueroa. But whoever is advising LJ or if LJ is making this decision on his own, yes, I'm biased, but it just doesn't seem to make any sense for him. Where is he going to go that would improve his, his draft stock any more than St. John's would have? If that's the route he wants to take. Because like I said, if he's going pro at this point, I would have been, you know, I, I think a lot of fans would have said, okay, we understand you're 22 years old. You want to make some money. You know, you're, you're probably never going to be an NBA player. You want to make some money in the G League. You want to make some money overseas. Go ahead. No one would fault him there. But if you're transferring, what situation are you going into as LJ Figueroa that's going to be better than St. John's would have been for you this season? You know, from just just from that standpoint, you're not going to North Carolina. You're not going to Duke. You're not going to Kansas or Kentucky. And if you do, you're not playing 30 minutes a game there. You know, you're a, you're probably a bench role player, and you're playing less minutes per game than you were your first season at St. John's when you were you know the third or fourth option on offense. L.J. Figueroa, I, I, I'm sorry, maybe maybe I'll be wrong here, but I don't see him going to Kansas and being a star player for Kansas. You know, being the number one option for Kansas next season or the season following that. Just don't see that happening. So what are your other options? Go to go to a team like, you know, Texas Tech, like we saw Tariq Owens do. Go to a team like Auburn, like, we, like we've seen guys do. You know, a team that's like a decent top 25 team, you know, not a blue blood program, but a, a very good top 25 team. But again, you're not the number one option there on offense. You're not playing 30 minutes per game there. I just don't see that happening at any of those schools for LJ Figueroa. He's not that kind of a player. Very good player, but is he going to get 30 minutes a game at a top 25 school? I don't think so. And then the other option is, is transfer down. Go to a, you know, a mid-major conference. Go to a, you know, a, a team in the MAC or the SOCON. But again, you're scoring 25 points per game in that league. Probably doesn't look as good as if you're scoring 15 or 20 points a game at St. John's. I just don't get it. You know, he was going to be the focal point at St. John's this season. And in terms of, of playing in college, if he was going to play another season in college, I don't see where anywhere could have been a better option for him than St. John's. He was going to be the number one focal point on this offense. And he did that last season and he struggled with it. He struggled carrying the load for St. John's a lot this season. Did not shoot well very much at all this season. How many games did you see LJ Figueroa with a four for 18 shooting performance? We saw it a lot. How much do you put on that, though, of him not really having a true point guard? Well, he would have had that this season at St. John's. Posh Alexander. 
a guy who could have gotten him the ball. And we saw how lethal LJ Figueroa was from three-point range when he had someone setting him up his first year in Queens, when he had Shamori Pond setting him up. We saw how lethal of a shooter he can be when he doesn't have to create his own shot every single possession. And that, I think, is how this season would have been for Figueroa at St. John's. Yes, he would have been the focal point, but he would have had help this year. You know, last year, he did not have anyone getting him the ball. He did not have anyone, you know, making that outlet pass to get him an open three. He didn't have that. That's why we saw him forcing so many shots. That's why I got on him a lot in this podcast and a lot of other people did getting on him for forcing shots, for not letting the game come to him. We saw that a lot this season. I don't think that would have happened with this with this roster as it's currently constructed for Figueroa. So I just don't get where he is going that would have put him in a better situation to succeed on the next level than St. John's. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And then you have the aspect of why did he wait so long to do it? You know, we're, we hear uh, Brazilers said this, and a lot of people have said this, that it wasn't a done deal that he was coming back. You know, I think a lot of St. John's fans, myself included, thought it was definitely trending in that direction after they kind of pulled the reins back on Ray Salnav, the Mon- Monmouth transfer, like I mentioned, after they kind of pulled the reins back on him with their one last uh, scholarship that was open, it seemed like Figueroa was going to come back and feel that scholarship. That kind of seemed like what was going to happen there. But it was never a done deal that he was coming back. But again, if he was going pro, I understand it. You know, if he was going to keep his name in the NBA draft, I get it. But to transfer and then to wait to transfer until after Memorial Day in late May just makes no sense to me. And it is kind of messed up and it it is a dirty move by him to wait that long to do it. Where, no, did St. John's pass up on on a lot of these big name transfers, grad transfers, because they thought LJ was coming back? Not necessarily. You know, I mentioned one, but they probably, they they may have passed up on a few, but they also missed out on a few of these big impact grad transfers that they were going after. They missed out on a few flat out. But St. John's recruiting for this offseason had to be impacted by LJ Figueroa in some way, by kind of keeping that scholarship open for LJ in some way. You can't tell me that wasn't impacted by by his decision. And for him to wait this long to make the decision to transfer... It's just a dirty move, in my opinion. It's a dirty move to do that to the school. It really is. And, you know, I think his advisor, I saw Zach, Zach tweeted out that, you know, he's leaving everything on the table. G League, pro, you know, overseas, any NBA draft even, I, I guess. But again, do, do we even want to do this again with, with LJ? And, you know, that's one other thing I, I, I want to get to is, is when he entered the transfer portal last offseason... I think everyone understood it. You know, guys were leaving this program. Figueroa didn't know who the new coach was going to be. Mike Anderson did not recruit LJ Figueroa. Chris Mullen did. Or Matt Hebdelnassi did. Uh, Mike Anderson did not recruit LJ. So it makes total sense as to why he would have entered the transfer portal, explore his options, and see what was out there. Made total sense. But to play a season under Mike Anderson... And to play a season when this team, it, it, it felt like this team really, really rallied around their head coach, Figueroa included. To play that season around him and then to say in, again, late May that you're leaving 
just makes no sense. The season ended almost three months ago. And then to make the decision to transfer three months into the into the offseason, leaving St. John's really with, with its pants down now, not knowing where they're going to go for this final scholarship, probably not even filling this final scholarship, is a, is a really, really dirty move, in my opinion, on, on Figueroa's part. And if he goes pro, more power to him. But to come out and say you're transferring, really? To do this to the school this late in the process now? And if a guy's going to make that kind of a decision, or if he has people in his ear, you know, guiding him to make those kind of decisions, do you even want him a part of your of your of your program next season? If a guy's got the, got that kind of decision making, you know, that's my opinion on it. But to say that Figueroa is not a big loss, I saw people saying that. You know, people saying that, you know, because of how poor he shot and his shot selection and, and, and his decision making on the court, you know, it's not a big, it's a huge loss for St. John's. I think with their full roster, this was a team that could have been a top half Big East team next season. I still think, I still have high hopes for next season for sure. But they're going to need a lot of guys to step up now. They're going to need guys like Greg Williams to be a lot more consistent. Marcellus Erlington is going to have to keep making those leaps forward. Same thing with Julian Champagny. The Juco's coming in. Uh, Moore and Cole are going to need to fill those holes right away now. Posh and Dylan Wusu are going to need to play big minutes right away now. Guys like David Carher even off the bench are going to need to step up now. It's a big hole to fill for St. John's. It is. It's 15 points a game. It's a guy who is, who is probably going to come into the season as an all-Big East selection next year. And had a chance, I think, to be in the running for the player of the year next year in the conference. To be in the running, at least. It's a huge loss for St. John. So just to minimize it by looking at how he played last year, you know, to, to minimize this loss and to say it's nothing and we'll move on, it, 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 that you're wrong there if you're saying that. But you want people that want to be here. And if Figaro is going to do this again and he's going to play this, you know, see see what's out there again, then good riddance. Let him do that. But don't, don't bring him back if, this, if that's the decision that he wants to make and if that's the game that he wants to play. Don't play that game with him. Not worth it. All right, let's get to our interview for the day. We've got Jay DeMeo coming on. He's going to give his thoughts on LJ leaving and the future of the Red Storm. So let's get right to it. All right, I now want to welcome on friend of the program, Jason DeMeo, his first time on the show in a couple of months. He's got a uh, new website out there, Johnny Nation. At Johnny Nation SJU, you can check them out for some St. John's uh, updates. Jason, thank you for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, Troy. Uh, it's been a little while with everything crazy going on, but uh, glad. Well, not the circumstances we want, but I'm just glad we can talk some St. John some sports for the first time and have some new news out there. Absolutely, it is good to be talking St. John's. Although I think we'd rather. Uh, be, be talking about you know some more positive news but but it is good to be at least talking St. John's um let's I'll leave the floor is yours man what, what do you want to say about this LJ Figueroa news LJ obviously transferring away from the school the floor is yours um well first of all it 100% caught me off guard because I, it was the first thing I saw on my phone when I woke up today was the <laughs> news that he was leaving and after we didn't get um Ray uh, Snell, uh, how do you pronounce his name? I don't I want to Sal, Sal Sal Nav, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, after mm-hmm. we didn't get him, I was just going under the assumption, like most people, that, all right, our roster's probably set. I don't see why he 
wouldn't have came here, you know, the hometown kid trying to transfer back back home, you know, he played at Division One school, and I assumed we had this, the roster was set, and LJ was probably set to come back. We know he maintained his eligibility for a reason mm-hmm. when he entered the draft process, and this completely caught me off guard. I know um, news, but the school has been kind of on the low side and quiet the past couple mm-hmm. weeks, but um, I just thought that was a sign of there's just not much going on because there's no news to be had, and then, yeah. you know, we wake up and see that, and completely caught me off guard and um, a lot of things I'm questioning because you know I can't see him getting a waiver no. for wherever he transfers you know there's no um, family issue that we at least we know about that got Mustafa Heron his waiver you know he wasn't hurt mm-hmm. at all so mm-hmm. I really can't see him getting a waiver for any reason and if that's the case he's not going to be playing this coming year and by the time he graduates and leaves college basketball he'll be entering the draft as a 24 year old yep. and I can't see that boding well for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, just the whole thing makes no sense. And and I said this in my open, like if he was going to go pro right away, I don't think I'd be upset about it necessarily. I think I'd be way more understanding of this if he was if he was going pro, you know, as opposed to transferring, because the transfer just makes no sense. Like you said, I mean, where do you fall on that? If if he was going pro, would you have been you know okay with it relatively? A hundred percent. Any time. Uh... A kid leaves our program to go pro. Whether I think it's the right time for him or not, what do I know? I'm not a scout. But <laughs> at the end of the day, that's their decision, and we don't know what they're going through on the side of terms of family and the economic. So yeah. any chance a player can leave school, even if we don't think it's the right time or fit for that player for our selfish reasons for the team that mm-hmm. we love, mm-hmm. I still can't argue it because he's trying to make a better life and better situation for him. But when you have this situation with someone who's going to be 24 by the time he graduates, if he doesn't get a waiver, he has an identity at the school. We know that he can thrive at the school yeah. in this situation. And, hey, I know he had a down year last year, but it's going to be a completely different outlook. We have a lot more weapons coming in. Yeah. And last year, the offense was running through him. Mm-hmm. That was not going to be the case this year. Like it wasn't his fresh, uh, his sophomore year when he ran through Shamori Ponds, Justin yeah. Simon. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where he really thrives when he can be off the ball and creating his own space when he doesn't have the ball and, you know, not as much having the ball in his hands to create those offensive opportunities. So, I really thought this was going to be a bounce back year for him. I thought he was going to be a preseason all big East. And, you know, it stinks. It really stinks. <laughs> and um, I, don't, I'm, I don't know if we're going to get another kid in before the season starts we do have an open scholarship right now but it doesn't seem like the staff is going to make that a priority Mm -hmm. unless you know things fall in line Mm -hmm. but um there's no way to cut it like this is definitely a blow for this upcoming year and definitely can i don't want to say it throws off any expectations but you know things kind of got to be toned down just a bit you know that was Mm -hmm. probably our best and most talented player on the team and now he's gone Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, let's stick with LJ for a second. I do want to get to the expectations, but let's stick with LJ. I just, for me too, I don't know where he he would go, at least on the collegiate level, that, that's going to make him more prepared or make him a more attractive professional prospect. I don't, I don't think he's an NBA prospect regardless, but you know, like where is he going? And to tell me if I'm wrong here, I don't, I don't know where he's going on the collegiate level. That's going to improve his, his professional, you know, the stock any better than St. John's would have. He's not going to a, you know, a, a blue blood school and playing 30 minutes a game. And if he goes to somewhere, you know, you know, a, a lower mid major school, you know, he's not going to look as good as he would at St. John's. So where do you fall on that? I mean, 
do you like am I wrong there in thinking that no you're not wrong at all my guess is as good as yours you know on Zach Brazler's um, article that he put out today he said there might have been some people in his ear mm-hmm telling him there could be a better situation somewhere else and because we're the epicenter of the pandemic apparently i'm not really sure how that <laughs> yeah. much of a factor but yeah. that's what was in, that's what was in the article so <laughs> i guess that's what i have to go by you know if you wanted to transfer closer to home mm-hmm. i guess that would make sense but he's already not too far yeah. he's like three, three hours away from massachusetts yeah. uh-huh. and i can't see him going to a lower program unless like the only thing that would come to mind is UMass, but I highly doubt that that's the situation. So if we're talking he wants to go to a a blue blood, per se, he did have an offer from Kansas yeah, uh-huh. when he when he was in the transfer portal last season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's always that possibility. But, you know, until we find out what schools are involved, you know, mm-hmm. my guess is just as good as anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And last year, too, let, let's talk about that. I mean, last year... To me, it, it didn't feel like he, he was doing anything dirty to St. John's. You know, last year, Chris Mullen left. Obviously, Mike Anderson did not recruit him. He enters the transfer portal. He kept his options open. And he did everything in, in a timely fashion. You know, he, he, you can't rush these decisions, obviously. But throughout April, he was in the transfer portal. And I think by mid-May, he was coming back to St. John's. He didn't do anything to kind of put their plans for the, the following season in jeopardy. In this case now, you know, he, he's in the draft, obviously, but waits until the end of May to make this decision when the season's been over for almost three months now. It, to me, it feels like, and I, again, I, I hate to criticize a player, but it feels like he kind of did the school a little bit dirty there, waiting so long to make this decision, you know? A hundred percent, because when you're looking at, again, looking back to the article that Zach put out this morning, mm-hmm. it said in the article that um, St. John's was getting information that he was probably leaning towards coming back, hence why we backed off of yeah. uh-huh. Rice Salve. So I was under the assumption that, all right, this would probably be a done deal, and now I guess he had a last-minute change of part or whatever, and going back to the point about the situation last year, yeah, I mean, completely understandable. You have a whole, your whole, everyone that you came into the program with that recruited you is essentially leaving from Matt Abdelmassi to Coach Mullen. He was good friends with Justin Simon, Marvin, and they're gone too. Mm -hmm. So I completely would have understood why he would have left. And hey, I really, after last season when he decided to come back, I really thought, you know, he's either going to graduate here or he'll go pro because he had an offer from Kansas on the table and Uh he turned it down to come to a coach that didn't recruit him. And I completely was shocked by his decision to come back so him leaving this year especially he had a lot of freedom last year the coaching <laughs> staff definitely gave him a lot of freedom he took a lot of questionable shots and let him have a lot of offensive um they let him do essentially what he wanted last year yeah, uh-huh. sometimes it hurt us sometimes it worked but they had faith in him so he would have been an upperclassman on this team he would have been a veteran on this team to show some of the incoming transfers two Jukos by the way that he could have you know yeah. gave them but that and certain ways and been that, you know, through this locker room. And the way I'm not sure if there's gonna be any locker room issues with him leaving, you know, but um I don't know. It really just caught me off guard and I'm really interested to see how the situation plays out with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that that's another thing. You bring up a good point there. I mean like coming back once he came back last season like you said he had that offer from Kansas there was no reason to think he would he you know if he wanted to leave he would have taken that presumably you're not going to get any better than Kansas and you know the thing that struck me too is this team 
seemed to me like they had such a chemistry, you know, that, that we had never seen before from a St. John's team. It seemed like these guys really enjoyed playing with each other, really enjoyed playing for this coach. We didn't hear anything about Figueroa being upset at any point. Like you said, he kind of just did what he wanted all season long on offense. And like you also mentioned, coming in next season, he has a guy who's going to be able to get him the ball like Shamori Pons did. To me, that makes it even more puzzling just that we didn't hear anything about this the entire season, you know? It's a complete shock. I mean, I have to think there's stuff going on that we just don't know about yet, or we'll never know about it. Mm -hmm. That maybe he is upset, we don't know. I don't want to just throw an accusation out, but Mm -hmm. you know, I just can't see him just saying, you know what, I don't want to be here and just leaving. You know, Mm -hmm. if he goes pro, because he said all his options are open right now. If he goes pro and goes that route, then I completely get it. Mm But to me, a transfer just doesn't make sense unless there's something going on that we don't know about. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so let's real quick before I let you go. Let's let's talk about next season the expectations they obviously get lowered now a little bit with Figueroa leaving I mean 15 points a game is hard it's hard to just you know replace just like that they do have some guys coming in we do have some guys that we assume will take a step forward um your expectations for next year though how how do they change based on Figueroa leaving um I think it means that Vincent Cole is gonna have a lot more opportunities right now and he's really gonna be able to be the centerpiece of that offense. I know with the way we run our style, with the transition and the 40 minutes of hell, it's not necessarily based around one guy, but uh-huh. there is going to be that one guy that's going to give us most of our production. Uh, I think him and Tim Penny are going to be the ones that, you know, really take over the piece. The, one, the two guys that teams, you know, they see St. John's, these are going to be the two that they know of, okay, we need to lock these two. They're going to be so I think it's going to create more opportunities for them and to let them flourish. Um, the expectations, yeah, I mean, they have to be, you know, toned at least a little bit. You know, this was 100% our best player, our most talented and in the system, you know, not enough respect that. He was very good on the defensive end of the system, too. He yeah. led the Big East in 1.9 steals a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I don't think it's going to be crazy because a crazy, you know, shot because we didn't have any expectations coming into last year mm-hmm. and Elgin had a down year and wasn't producing and they still blew everyone's expectations away so I'm sure Mike Anderson thrives when you're not expecting him to <laughs> so if this team for some reason still went out won 20 games despite their best player leaving wouldn't surprise me no not one bit but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm not gonna you know just go into the season fully thinking we're gonna be you know a tournament team I think the potential is there but like we said you know we took a blow today. We really took a blow. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, maybe Figueroa leaving on the bright side. You know, maybe it does create some more shots for some guys. Maybe it does free up the offense a little bit, like you said. That there's not that one, you know, focal point on offense. Maybe, you know, maybe that's something that could happen. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, well, Jason, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, t- tell us once again where people can find you, real quick. You can find uh, me at my personal ad. It's at JasonDeVeo1. I'm not 100% always as invested in that account, but I also put out recently put out an article on at Johnny Nation SJU. Um, me and a couple other guys, we contribute to that and try to just involve the St. John's hashtag SJUBB as much as possible. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how things play along now. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely check it out. Jason, stay safe, yeah. stay healthy, man. Thank you for coming on. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk soon.
my thank you once again to Jason DeMeo there for coming on and helping break down the uh, LJ Figueroa news today. Obviously, not the news that we uh, that we want to be that we want to be talking about, but uh, obviously a good job by him there. You can obviously check out that website, Johnny Nation at Johnny Nation SJU on Twitter for uh, from for some St. John's coverage, but. You know, it, it is what it is. It does feel good to be to be getting back to talking about St. John's basketball after kind of a month-long hiatus or so, um, or a little bit over a month-long hiatus or so. There really hasn't been much news to talk about for St. John's in the past month, which was kind of a good thing. So we do get some news, and it is negative, but it, it is good to be back in the swing of things. And, um, you know, I'm sure I'll be having another show coming out whenever we do get some more clarity on the LJ situation and whenever we do get some clarity on what they're going to do with this uh, presumptive final roster spot that's open now so you can expect another show coming out some sometime in the near future you know um in the in the off season I'll, I'll do these whenever whenever news permits you know or whenever i get you know a guest that that wants to come on that um you know might ne- not necessarily be someone who's going to break anything down but do you know more of a feature style interview working on a couple of those as well so you know when, whenever news permits we will be out with a show so be sure to follow me on twitter troy moriello and uh you know check out the show on, on apple Podcasts. check out the show on soundcloud as well hope everyone again is, is is staying safe staying healthy staying smart out there um you know i think we're on the down curve of this thing but hopefully it, hopefully it stays that way now uh, and we get back to normal we get back to to normal st john's basketball now um you know breaking our hearts on the court instead of off the court in the uh, in the near future but everyone enjoy hope you enjoyed the rest of your memorial weekend and as always let's go johnny's